Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. And by the way, happy Thanksgiving to you. The show is brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine, Be in the Know, and Stay Up to Date. By reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you here on Thanksgiving morning. We'll uh, feature Keith Flaw. He's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Ellen uh, Prager is a really well, uh, world-renowned marine scientist. She'll be joining us. Elaine Reed is the CEO of the Naples Historical Society, and the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us as well. It is uh, November the 24th, and as I mentioned, it is Thanksgiving. Recalling the story of the pilgrims is a Thanksgiving tradition, but do you know the real story behind their triumph over hunger and poverty at Plymouth Colony nearly four centuries ago? Their salvation stemmed not so much from the charitable gestures of local Indians, but from their courageous decision to embrace the free market principle of private property ownership a century and a half before Adam Smith wrote about it in The Wealth of Nations. Uh, writing in his diary of the dire economic straits and self-destructive behavior that consumed his fellow Puritans shortly after their arrival, Governor William Bradford painted a picture of destitute sellers uh, selling their clothes and bed coverings for food and, uh, while others became servants to the Indians, cutting wood and fetching water in exchange for a capful of corn. The most desperate among them starved, while Bradford recounting how one settler and gathering shellfish along the shore was so weak his feet stuck in the mud, and he was found dead in place. The colony's uh, leader identified the source of their problem as a particularly vile form of what Bradford called communism. Property in Plymouth uh, Colony, he observed, was communally owned and cultivated. This system, taking away of property and bringing it to the Commonwealth, bred confusion and discontent and retarded much employment that would have been to the settlers' benefit and comfort. The most able and fit young men in Plymouth thought it was injustice that they were paid the same as those not able to do a quarter of what the others could. Women, meanwhile, viewed the communal chores that they were required to perform for others as a form of slavery. On the brink of extermination, the colony's leaders changed course and allotted a parcel of land to each settler, hoping uh, private ownership of farmland would encourage self-sufficiency and lead to cultivation of more corn and other foodstuffs. As Adam Smith would have predicted, this new system worked famously. They had very good success, Bradford reported, for it made all hands very industrious. In fact, much more corn was planted than otherwise would have been, and productivity increased. Women, for example, went willingly into the field and took their little ones with them to set corn. Uh, the famine that nearly wiped out pilgrims in 1623 gave way to a period of agricultural abundance that enabled the Massachusetts settlers to settle down and uh, permanent roots in, new, in the New World prosper and play an, an indispensable role in the ultimate success of the American experiment. A profoundly religious man, Bradley, uh, Bradford saw the hand of God in the Pilgrims' economic recovery. Their success, he observed, may be, well, events, the vanity of the, that conceit that the taking away of property would make good men happy and flourishing as they were wiser than God. Brad, Bradford surmised God in his wisdom saw other courses fitter for them. Amen to that. 
uh, uh, Plymouth uh, Pilgrims may have survived this near-fatal brush with socialism, but sadly, many political leaders remain transfixed by the blind faith and the ability of government to shape and set the course of human behavior. Case in tenacious liberal belief that no connection exists between the tax burden that we place on capital formation and the economic behavior of those who must shoulder that burden, the uh, liberal creed holds that investors will take economic risks and create jobs no matter how punitive the tax regime. To liberals, lowering the tax burden uh, through reductions in the rate of taxation simply bestows an unwarranted rich or windfall on the rich and deprives the government of much-needed tax revenue. Of course, incentives matter every bit as much today as they did four centuries ago. We indeed have so much to be thankful for on this Thanksgiving season. Now, besides sharing uh, with family and friends over food and primary ingredient of Thanksgiving in the holiday is gratitude. While it's certainly good to have an annual holiday to remind us of, to express gratitude, there's much to be said for the benefits of cultivating the spirit of thankfulness, thankfulness year-round. People who are thankful for what they have are better able to cope with stress, have more positive emotions, and are better able to reach their goals. Scientists have even noted that gratitude is associated with improved health, as noted by Harvard Health Publishing. Expressing thanks may be one of the simplest ways to feel better. The word gratitude is derived from the Latin word gratia, uh, which means grace, graciousness, or gratefulness, depending on the context. In some ways, gratitude encompasses all of these meanings. Gratitude is a thankful appreciation for what an individual receives, whether tangible or intangible. With gratitude, people acknowledge the goodness in their lives. The process, people uh, usually recognize that the source of that goodness lies at least particularly outside of themselves. As a result, gratitude also, also helps People connect to something larger than themselves as individuals, whether to other people, nature, or to the higher power. People feel and express gratitude in multiple ways. They can apply it to, in, uh, to the past, retrieving positive memories and th thankfulness for elements of childhood or past blessings. The present, not taking good fortune for granted as it comes, and the future, maintaining a hopeful and optimistic attitude. Regardless of the inherent or current level of someone's gratitude, it is a quality that makes individuals can successfully cultivate further. It does the body good. In fact, uh, uh, P. Murali Dorismami, a director of the Neurocognitive Disorders Program at Duke University Schools of Medicine, once said, if thankfulness were a drug, it would be the world's best-selling product with health maintenance indication for every major organ system. It's so interesting. One way to harness the positive power of gratitude is to keep a, a grateful journal or list where you actively write down exactly what you are grateful for each day. I've never done that. Sounds like a good idea, though. If In one study, uh, people who keep a gratitude journal reported exercising more and had fewer visits to the doctor compared to those who focused on sources of aggravation. Uh, studies have shown that gratitude can produce a number of measurable effects on the uh, number of systems in your body. For example, the uh, mood neurotransmitters, inflammatory and immune systems, uh, reproductive hormones, stress hormones, social bonding hormones, uh, blood pressure and cardiac and EEG rhythms, cognitive and pleasure-related neurotransmitters, blood sugar. It's just uh, there's just in every way uh, it, it creates better health. 
Cultivating a, a sense of gratitude will also help you refocus your attention toward what's good and right in your life rather than dwelling on the negatives and all the things you may feel that are lacking. And like a muscle, that mental state can be strengthened while with practice. Besides keeping a daily gratitude journal, other ways to cultivate a sense of gratitude include writing thank you notes, whether in response to a kind gift or a kind act, or simply as a, to show gratitude for someone else being in your life. Getting into the habit of writing thank you letters can help you express gratitude in addition to simply feeling it inside. Count your blessings. Once a week, reflect on events for which you are grateful and, and write them down. As you do, feel the sensations of happiness and thankfulness you felt at the time it happened going over it again in your mind. Pray. Expressing through prayer, expressing thanks during your prayers is another way to cultivate gratitude. Mindfulness meditation, practicing mindfulness meditation, means you're actively paying attention to the moment you're in uh, right now. A mantra is sometimes used to help maintain focus, but you can also focus on something that you're grateful for, such as a pleasant smell, a cool breeze, or a lovely memory. Be thankful for what you have. When, uh, when life gives you a hundred reasons to cry, remember a thousand reasons you have to smile. Face your past without regret. Prepare for the future without fear. Focus on what's good right now in the present moment and practice gratitude. Research has shown that being on the receiving end of a person's gratitude can boost subjects' sense of self-worth and self-efficacy. It also appears to uh, encourage participants to further help their, the person who offered the gratitude be another, also be a, another unrelated person in an unconscious play-it-pay-it-forward kind of connection. Remember to say thank you to yourself, to the universe, and to others. It's wonderful to see a person smile and even more wonderful knowing that you are the reason behind it. And with that, I just wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. I think the, the whole notion of gratitude is so important. And happiness. Uh, happiness is a state of mind, not a state of affairs. Happiness and gratitude. Well, by the way, the White House uh, on Wednesday distributed leftist talking points to predictably insufferable supporters of President Joe Biden to use for attacking Republicans during Thanksgiving dinner. I'm not kidding. They, they really did release this. The list of talking points was shared by the White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain, on social media, one last item for your Thanksgiving dinner, some talking points. When uncle, that uncle comes to you about the president, he wrote in a Twitter, the list tries to argue that Biden is actually tackling inflation, even though the cost of the Thanksgiving meal is up about 20% this year. It also tries to denounce Republicans in the Congress as extreme because of their position on protecting unborn children. And the White House document also falsely claims that Republicans want to put Medicare and Social Security on the chopping block <laughs> and raise costs on Americans by repealing Biden's multi-billion dollar climate spending agenda. The rest of the list uh, details Biden's government price controls on uh, prescription drugs, his massive infrastructure spending, and subsidizing semiconductor manufacturing as big victories for the American people. It also promotes uh, Biden's gun control bill as a big victory for Americans. The list also boasts that Biden's rallied the world in defense of Ukraine in the face of Vladimir Putin, despite his uh, failing to prevent the war from starting in the first place. Unbelievable. Uh, Biden, again, giving us a list so you can confront that conservative uncle at Thanksgiving dinner. 
This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, I'm going to be visiting with Keith Flaw, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, a terrific organization uh, supporting uh, public education and the prophecy, uh, the process of making sure that our kids are getting a good education and protecting a parents' rights. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now and find out more. Visit the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Elaine Reed. She's the CEO of the Naples Historical Society. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw. Keith is a co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good morning, Bob, and t- happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a not-for-profit uh, statewide organization uh, that focuses on uh, K-12 education. Um, 
we've been very involved over the years from a policy point of view, uh, advocating for things like uh, school choice, uh, trying to stop the indoctrination, uh, particularly the, the pornography and the denigration of our constitutional values. And uh, we've actually had a pretty good year. Uh, we started the year with a Hundred ten thousand people in our database, and we're now well over two fifty, um, and uh, two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, and uh, we're we're having, a, I think, a significant policy impact, and more importantly, uh, uh, providing solutions to parents besides uh, government schools. Absolutely, Keith, and I'll just chime in and suggest that uh, since you've been involved uh, in, in up in Tallahassee and gaining traction with members of the legislature as well as the uh, the uh, Governor, it's just uh, made a remarkable improvement in public education here in Florida, and I'm just very grateful for your contribution and for the Florida Citizens Alliance, Keith. So thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. So I understand you uh, attended the uh, swearing-in of the Collier County School Board. I certainly did. Uh, it was uh, kind of a, a, a more than an interesting uh, Tuesday. Um, you know, we've been fighting to the school board to, to, to make some massive changes to improve the education of our system for, and it seems like a decade now. It's pretty close to that. And uh, it was uh, really rewarding uh, to see the results of the, uh, of the recent election. Uh, we now have a conservative school board here in Collier County. Um, they went through a process to name their chairman and vice chair. It turns out to be chairwoman. Um, Kelly Lichter. Um, an interesting sidelight on that, um, Eric Carter, who's been uh, in a, you know an incumbent and up for re-election in two years, actually nominated Kelly Lichter to be the chairwoman. I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, yeah. occurrence. Um, I'm hopeful that uh, he will recognize that if he wants to get re-elected, he's going to have to side with the with the new board and making a significant difference in our children's lives. So. Absolutely. It, it, uh, where do we stand with re, the super, uh, the uh, superintendent of schools in Collier County right now? Is that person already been hired, or is there an opportunity for them to have input? You know, uh, the, the prior board on the day before the election, and I think this is one of the reasons they didn't get elected, is they were just tone deaf on that and multiple issues. But they uh, hired the, the search firm uh, that's going to now go through uh, a lot of four to five months search. Um, What will happen now is with the new board with Kelly in charge, uh, I expect that they will pause that effort uh, uh, enough to reset the characteristics they're looking for. Yeah. Uh, The school board, uh, the prior school board went through, uh, I think it was a total of six candidates. Uh, In my view, they actually picked the best of the six. So I, I, I have not been encouraging uh, the, the, the the new board to uh, start over. Uh, I've been encouraging them to uh, pause and reset uh, the characteristics they want in a new in a new superintendent. Outstanding. So. Well, excellent, Keith. Um, now, education savings accounts are a big deal. Maybe you could comment on that. And also, you're taking a trip up to Tallahassee uh, this week, next week. Uh, so maybe you could tell us what your expectations might be and, and what that's all about. Well, you know, there's no question uh, that uh, 
the new speaker, Speaker Paul Renner, has signaled that he wants publicly that he wants an education savings account. Um, all indications from the governor uh, are the same. Great. Uh, we have not heard from uh, uh, Senate President Pasadomo yet uh, of whether she will support that or not. Uh, it's kind of interesting she's being quiet on the subject. Uh, but with the two out of three in the governor's coattails, um, you know, it's pretty likely that we're going to get some kind of an education savings account. The question is what's in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're headed to Tallahassee next week, uh, actually going up with uh, uh, several of us, including uh, our lawyer from Pacific Justice Institute, who's been doing a lot of work on, on uh, you know, what's going to be required for an ESA and what some of the challenges might be. And we have a meeting with the Deputy Chief of Staff, uh, Alex Kelly, on the 30th uh, to try to influence uh, what's in that ESA. Uh, From our perspective, we want several things. Uh, We want it to apply to every student in Florida, including homeschool families. And right now, homeschool families are very adverse to take any of the scholarships that Florida has because, uh, you know, the, the attitude that with government money comes shackles in a regulation. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that we include uh, homeschool families. To do that, uh, we want to see a shift in the way it's uh, funded. Um, We'd like to see you, Bob, as an individual, be able to designate uh, some of your property tax dollars Mm -hmm. to a charity of your choice. uh, And that charity then would turn around and make uh, provide vouchers or scholarships to, to uh, for education to kids. Uh, in Arizona, there's now about 50 organizations uh, that uh, that are charities that um, individual taxpayers can can make donations to, and then they provide the scholarships. So the money never passes through uh, the government coffers. Uh, and so we're, we're, uh, we think that'd be kind of a, 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 a perfect model uh, to, uh, to, to not only include all the families, but to, provide, to prevent the risk of, uh, you know, over government, uh, yeah, you know, overreach by the government. Just a point of clarification, Keith, does this mean that if you're making this contribution to this organization that will turn around and fund uh, the uh, education savings for uh, y- your son or daughter, uh, is it uh, reduce your tax burden? Does it uh, reduce the tax payment? Yeah, you're making? It, yeah it would be. It would actually be de- designating part of your property tax. So it would. Um, well, it wouldn't. Re- it, it, it wouldn't reduce it. I mean, if you're going to, you own a million dollar property and you're going to pay ten thousand bucks, you're still going to pay ten thousand bucks. But instead of having uh, close to 50% of that go to a failing school system in Collier, you'd be able to designate, uh, 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 you know, and it needs to have a percentage, it would be a, uh, 100%, but you'd be able to designate part of your property tax to go to a charity of your choice. Wow. Um, so it wouldn't reduce your overall tax burden, uh, but it would, uh, it would uh, certainly reduce the amount of uh, well, it would redirect what? direct it uh, to, in a way that's beneficial to the family, and I think that's just absolutely terrific. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The website is uh, Florida Citizens Alliance. Dot, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Keith, give us the, give us the website. <laughs> it's it's goflca.org. Go Go F-L- F-L-C-A.org. 
Okay, Keith, it's a terrific organization. Again, support the Florida Citizens Alliance, a terrific organization doing great work for public education here in the state of Florida. Proof of the pudding's in the tasting, and you can just take a look at the results of education in compared to other states. It's just been going up the charts. It's doing a great job. Keith, appreciate your contribution here on the show, and I wish you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving. Same to you and all your listeners, Bob. Thank you so much, Keith. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Ellen Prager. It'd be great to have her back on the show. She's a world-renowned uh, marine scientist and author. She's, we're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with the Hodges University Wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Elaine Reed, the CEO of the Naples Historical Society. Right now, we have with us Ellen Prager. She's a, I'm going to say, world-renowned marine scientist. She's an author. She's written a couple of books, including Furious Earth and the Oceans. And also, she's written some children's books as well. Ellen, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well, uh, Ellen. So uh, I had you on the show. You were living in Naples for a while and uh, had you on the show many times. Kind of lost touch here for a while, but it's great to have you back on the show. I know you've written some really interesting books, and I'd like to talk about the one, uh, The Oceans, one of my favorites. It was a great read. But I also understand you're writing children's books now. Well, you know, you're right. It's been a while. Well, Bob, and uh, yeah, I've been writing more popular science. I've got a book called 
Chinese title called Sex, Drugs, and Sea Slime, The Ocean's Oddest Creatures, which is one of my favorites. That's kind of nonfiction. But I've also been writing adventure books for middle graders where I can combine sort of fun, adventure, and action, and a lot of humor with learning about the ocean and environmental issues. It's sort of a way of getting middle graders, because it's a really important age, engaged not only in reading, which is so important, but also in subtle learning about the environment and the oceans, of course. Well, one of the takeaways I had in, after I read The Oceans and we talked about it on the show is the fact that how much, how little we really understand, well, we probably know more about outer space than we know about our own oceans. Well, you know, our understanding has certainly grown over the years. We're doing much better, but there's still a huge amount of the ocean that is physically unexplored. And a lot that we, you know, remains that we don't understand. But I will say we've, we've come a long way in our understanding. And a lot of it has to do with technology development and investments. So we're, we're getting there. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, you, if, as I recall, you'd spent more time, you were in a uh, living underwater, living in the ocean for a long time. I think you set a world <laughs> record, didn't you? No, 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 no world record. What I have done, I was the chief scientist for the Aquarius Reef Base program off of Key Largo, and I was fortunate enough to do two missions where I lived underwater for one week on one and two weeks on another. And, funny, you should mention that because I have a new adventure book coming out December 15th, and it's called Escape Undersea, and a lot of the story actually takes place around sort of underwater living and in the Aquarius Reef Base, although I call it the Aquarius Sea Station. I have to use a different name. Um, but I use a lot of my own experiences of living underwater in the book for humor and the sort of technology. So the timing couldn't be better. Yeah, that comes out December 15th. Outstanding. So, uh, Ellen, do you have a website? We're covering a lot of information here. I'm sure our listeners would like to be able to follow up and, and uh, look into your books and writing. Is there a website we can go to? Well, you know, I would say probably not a specific website, but all of my books are available online or, or through bookstores. You can go to a, look, a bookstore. If they don't have them, you can order them, or you can get go to um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Any online bookstore has them as well. And then you can follow me on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram. I, I post a lot about what I've been doing. I just came back to the Galapagos again. Wow. I'm still working with Celebrity there, and I just posted some amazing underwater video of that we've never seen this actually the the galapagos penguins have been doing very well because of conservation efforts and because it's a la nina very cold spell and so we got in the water with feeding penguins all around us and so i posted a video of that um on facebook if anybody's interested oh that's so dr ellen prager that's p-r-a-g-e-r you can go i'm right now looking at a page called uh, dr ellen j prager and yeah. I, I googled it. It's golf. It's called Golf Base. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's just. I think that's like an old bio. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> There's a lot out there. There's a lot out there. All right. Well, one of the things I've been curious about. We're been down here for living full time for 20 years or more, and uh, we've seen a couple of hurricanes. Every time we've had a hurricane, we've been warned about storm surge. It never happened, and you start taking for granted this is just kind of the. Uh, the uh, fear porn that goes on along with hurricanes, but not this time. My goodness, it was unbelievable the experience we had with storm surge. I'd appreciate, as a, a marine scientist, I'd appreciate your comments. 
So, you know, storm surge is very dependent on the, the direction of approach of the storm, the configuration of the shoreline, of course, the intensity and the wind field, how big the storm is. And so there are a lot of factors that combine. So, you know, when we're predicting it, it, it would have gotten better, but people don't realize, you know, the complications and the seriousness of it. I think my biggest message is that when people warn you of storm surge, they have to take it seriously. And like you said, it's very easy to get complacent when it hasn't happened. Right. Um, but storm surge is probably the most deadly part of a coast, you know, a coastal landing hurricane. Um, and it's making it worse because of climate change, because of rising sea level and because storms are more intense. We're not having more storms, but the ones that are occurring are more intense. And so I'm sorry to say that this is not going to be the last of deadly storm surge, and people have to take it seriously. Well, believe me, Ellen, from this point on, I will. I, we actually saw videos of people, for example, on the, the Fort Myers Beach, and uh, it was just breathtaking, the, the danger that they were facing, seeing these rising waters uh, at, at very, you know, very violent water. And right. I mean, I'm sure many lives, are, I think they're still finding dead bodies in, on Fort Myers Beach. Well, you're right. I mean, it's, it's horrible. And, and the problem is, um, I have some personal uh, experience with this in convincing people the dangers of, of storm surge. They think it's just the wind. People still think the most dangerous part is wind, and they say, oh, we have protection. Yeah. And so we're safe. And it's very hard to convince people who haven't seen it, don't understand the dangers of storm surge. And I think that is a lot of what happened with the deaths is that they didn't recognize the dangers of storm surge. And so they thought, you know, going into a closet or something that's protected from the wind would be safe. And they're two very different things. They certainly are, Ellen. And it was just shocking here in our in our own building. We're 15 floors up and we're so fortunate to be protected from the storm surge. But... Not our cars. We lost both of them. And uh, wow. we, and when they found out that it was a saltwater intrusion, well, forget it. Don't even try and start it. We're just going to come pick it up and take it away. Yep. Yep. No, I, you know, the, good, the one thing I'll say is the models were pretty right on target. They are pretty good about forecasting now what the, the range of storm surge can be. And now I honestly think the biggest issue is it's how do we notify people in time Get people to make those evacuations um, when they can. And for those people who can't do it on their own, we have to be sure that we can provide the help to do it. So I know there's a lot of controversy about when people were told to evacuate. So there's a lot of work to be done about communicating the impacts and dangers of storms, not just that the storm is coming, but what are the true impacts and what is the safe action that needs to be taken. Well, this is probably out, outside of your uh, area of concern or, or understanding because as a marine scientist, but my, my question is that when they recommend abandoning your home or wherever, you take a look at the, uh, the traffic and, and what happens, and there's still danger out there with the high winds and the water as well if you're on the road. So it's, it's a complicated situation. It is a complicated situation, and the, I think the big message is there is that it has to be done in advance, yeah. significantly in advance. So you're right. So it's not at the last minute because you don't want people out on the roads during the storm. So it has to be done 
well in advance with a with a good plan, with good communications, with you know, there has to be a way to take people out who don't have transportation or don't have the money. And there has to be work on how to convince people that they need to do it. So you're right. It is complicated. And we have to invest more in that part of responding to storms because they're not going to get any weaker or less. We're, we're going to continue to have them. In fact, they're going to get worse. Okay, again, Dr. Ellen Prager, P-R-A-G-E-R. I hope you Google her and take a look at some of her books and writings and very interesting life. Ellen, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us, and happy Thanksgiving. Oh, thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving to you, your family and friends, and to everybody out there. I hope we're all grateful. I mean, I think with the hurricane and everything else going on, it's a time to be grateful for even the little things we have. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ellen. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Elaine Reed. She is the CEO of the Naples Historical Society. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experiences of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. For joining us here on the show, we're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Elaine Reed. She is the chief executive officer of the Naples Historical Society. Elaine, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, thank you very much, Bob. I'm delighted to be here today. Thank you so much, Elaine. Tell us about the Naples Historical Society. Well, Naples Historical Society is a 
501c3 nonprofit organization based here in Naples. It, of course, is dedicated to the preservation of Naples' history and heritage. If we don't save and share our history, it will be gone if we don't uh, protect it. So that's that's uh, our overall mission. Right. I saw here a byline on your on your website. Preserve the history of Naples. One member, one tour, one child, and one old timer. One story, one event at a time. I think it's a pretty good uh, byline for the uh, for the organization. Thank you. It's inclusive. Yeah. So the uh, the Palm Cottage is uh well of course we went through this terrible storm and that one of my concerns when i when we went through that is what happened to palm college cottage and the historic uh, uh district in naples uh could you give us a rundown of what happened sure well as you know hurricane ian caused tremendous damage particularly in fort myers beach and the surrounding area yeah uh, while naples did not experience the same level of utter devastation our coast most certainly got pummeled Mm -hmm. And that included Naples Historical Society's four properties, one of which is uh, Historic Palm Cottage. That is Naples' oldest house built in 1895. We took in a lot of mutter, uh, a lot of water and muddy muck, receiving about 12 to 18 inches of water inside the cottage itself. And uh, the district, the Naples Historic District, um, that also got pummeled. A lot of the houses along the coastline just were... uh, were completely and utterly uh, walloped uh, with the same with the same thing. Everyone is going through a recovery process as we speak. Absolutely. So, uh, tell us about the historic uh, the uh, district and uh, what it means, and uh, you know what it, what it's all about. So, the Naples Historic District was a neighborhood, um, the center of town, if you will, way back in the day. Um, the, the pier was built in 1888, originally built in 1888, and then the neighborhood around it served as the city center, if you will, while things were starting to evolve early on. The old Naples Hotel, which sat where the Tommy Bahama parking lot is back behind 3rd Street, hmm. um, that was the center of town. Of course, Palm Cottage was right in between the two. So Naples Historical Society uh, purchased Palm Cottage in 1979 and decided to turn it into a, a, a house-turned museum, if you will, to be able to tell the story because of its proximity in that coveted Naples Historic District. The district itself uh, is about uh, less than one-tenth of one square mile, and it has uh, several, many, about uh, 57 historic properties um, in that district right now, and we continue to try to work with homeowners who uh, are able to or interested in saving, rehabilitating, and preserving their historic structures. Uh, so interesting. So Palm Cottage itself, I mean, that it's such a beautiful property, and uh, with it's which with such historical meaning. So uh, how did you end up uh, facing the problem of having the intrusion of this stormwater? I'm going to call you know sewage and all kinds of things coming into uh, all of our homes on the coast. Yeah, what came in was uh, was really devastating. Um, inside Historic Palm Cottage, like all of the other historic houses uh, in that in this neighborhood, we had the we had mud, and I call it the Gulf of the Gulf of Mexico seabed mud and muck mm-hmm. uh, mixed in. Once the water retreated, the mud remained, and getting that mud out. Of course, I was downtown. Um, the day after, on Thursday morning, assessing uh, all of our properties. And the first thing was to get the mud out of the house, Mm -hmm. starting with the front porch, using that as a staging area, 
We had a number of people step up to help in the early days. Of course, staff was there uh, to help, but the entire first floor of Historic Palm Cottage has Dade County Pine that dates back to the origin of the building, which is 1895, and every single plank has been removed, and it's going through a really interesting restoration process uh, right now. So if you look inside the cottage, you may see a subfloor, or you may see the dirt underneath. Um, and it, it's, not on a, it's not on a foundation uh, or on a slab. It is, uh, you can see the dirt underneath. So I've wow. got a, a fabulous contractor, uh, John Breckel of Classic Carpentry, taking care of us. And um, it's been a very interesting process to see. I hope it's the first and last time we all have to endure something like this. Well, they say it's a storm of a 500-year event. Let's hope it'll be another at least 50 years, if not let's 500. So. so, Elaine, uh, let's talk about the services you're providing to the community to help them understand uh, Naples' history. Uh, how can people get involved? Well, at this point in time, uh, while we have filed insurance, uh, for the first time in history, by the way, we filed insurance on the building and the contents of Historic Palm Cottage. Um, we haven't heard back from our adjuster. We don't know how much we'll be able to uh, recuperate, but I know that we do have a wish list on our website, including a photo gallery that was just posted uh, yesterday on our website where people can take a look at the damage and um, if they'd like to be able to help out immediately, uh, there are things that we need that would be enormously uh, helpful. Um, other than that, we Historic Palm Cottage has been closed uh, because I can't have uh, tourists comfortably go into right. uh, the cottage at this point in time. I anticipate we'll be closed through December, which is unfortunate, but we'll still do what we can to exhibit the Christmas spirit and community spirit. Um, my hope is, is that we can open toward uh, the end of January, um, certainly before that, but we've got a couple of great events in January. In fact, January 27th is a Friday. We have an event in the in the late morning called Gardenside Cheeky Chats, where we'll have some old timers uh, share stories about Naples history. And then that evening, we will have an event we call Brew in the Garden, where we will introduce a new brew called Naples Nitro, and that is in celebration of the city's centennial. And those coming to those events would be a wonderful way to get involved, or at least start exploring the interest in Naples Historical Society's other program. Again, uh, Naples, Histor Naples Historical Society, all one word, NaplesHistoricalSociety.org is the website. I encourage you to check it out. You can also become a member. You can volunteer. Uh, uh, well, of course, uh, and of course, the cottage will be opening, uh, hopefully December or January. Uh, these events coming up, you can find out more at NaplesHistoricalSociety.org. Elaine, I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us, and happy Thanksgiving. And happy Thanksgiving to you, Bob. I wish all the best to everyone who's in their, in their uh, recovery process as well. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with the uh, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. 
With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Thanksgiving Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, Bob, it's a pleasure on this uh Turkey Day, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, and a Thursday, of course, uh, to be on the show. So, um, must tell you, go Bills today. Uh, Of course, you're going to say go Pats, right? Well, I don't think they're playing each other, are they? (laughs) No, they're not. Pats are playing Minnesota tonight, and the the, uh, Bills are the opening game against Detroit. Against Detroit. So, they... They but, aren't, but you can still root for them, you know. Oh, absolutely. Well, I am. Uh, you know what? I'm so impressed with that uh, quarterback of the Bills. And the, it really has vitalized and, and it really uh, created a lot of vitality for the team. He's just doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, Josh Allen is definitely doing that. And, uh, yeah, so it'll be a good football day, a good turkey day. Are you guys, uh, where are you heading today? Well, we're heading, we're going to stay right here. We're going to have uh-huh. a very low-key, and I know you've got family all around Naples. What are your plans? Well, we're going we're gonna to go over to my daughter Kim's, uh, and she's got a group. We're, we're going to be there by uh, noon or a little after to watch the uh, Bills game and then eat after that. So uh, that'll, that'll be a, a fun day. And then she's got a group coming over of, of family, but that's, that's going elsewhere after the game. So it's going to be a fun day. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my only concern today, I said to Chris this morning was, you know, the, well, a couple of concerns, but the ones, uh, our family up in Buffalo that were so snowed in, I said to Chris, can they get out yet to get, um, their, their food and provisions and everything? Because for the last couple of days, Bob, they have really still haven't been able to get out. They have, um, 
they've cleared the main roads up there, but a lot of the side streets were like one lane. And uh, I saw pictures of uh, of my brother-in-law's uh, uh, house. Oh, my gosh. It's like I don't know how they'd ever get out of there. But I, I think they're still going to be doing a little bit of struggling up there. But uh, I think by now the food stores are open and people should be able to get to them. But I can guarantee you day before yesterday they couldn't. So, well, Linda anyway, found Linda just, found a uh, found a, a picture on Facebook, I think it was, and she saw a guy that's six four, and apparently <laughs> the snow <laughs> came came up to above his shoulders. <laughs> oh yeah, the quarterback though you just saw about Josh Allen, um, that the snow is as tall as he was, and uh, they said where our um, nieces and nephews live in Orchard Park, they got seventy seven inches of snow. Oh my gosh! Yeah, just so we. we we're thankful here, and um, you know, I think with it, what we can do, you know, today, um, keeping it light, is just uh, hope that everybody gets something to eat, and um, and uh, you know, the people that lost everything, and there's so many wonderful volunteers out and and organizations out doing whatever they can for the poor folks that uh, that have lost so much um, yeah. in this hurricane. That would be a good good wish for today, I think. Absolutely. Well, and of course, just just feel a sense of gratitude. Should da- daily experience a sense of gratitude for what a blessing to be here on planet Earth, as opposed to other places where, where it's so hostile to uh, to uh, environment for for life. So even just oh, yeah. just being on the Earth and having life is just an amazing thing to to experience gratitude for. Yeah, and we might as well throw our first responders in there also. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, we're 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 we've been we've been very fortunate, but uh, I guess some uh, I guess there's quite a few restaurants that are open today, um, and uh, they should do a they should do a good business. I know that um, I think I told you the other day that Skip Quillen and his restaurants are opening, and uh, I think on Fifth Avenue South you see a lot of them. Uh, uh, which which is a good sign. Good sign. It so, is. You know, last night can, last night we went to uh, Blue Provence and had a wonderful dining experience. It's just amazing to me. He, you know, the hurricane happened on the twenty eighth of September. He opened the restaurant on November the fourth. Wow. The place was just totally devastated. In fact, we went by to to see Blue Provence a few days after the hurricane, and it, the whole. F- front of the place was was gone and all the furniture and everything every and and right. it's all now restored and it was a wonderful dining experience well good i'm sure it was crowded too it was i mean a lot of folks yeah. there uh, he's not open today of course but uh right I'm, right. I'm sure all of our listeners at this point have made plans by the way this conversation is reminding me that i owe you a dollar for the <laughs> this goes yeah. back a couple of years i think for the bills uh patriots game which, right, that's that's correct, and I will never let you forget that. I won't ever get paid, but I, I, I and the interest will will add up on that, Bob. I got to tell you, you know, so it must be a dollar four by now. So uh, you know, uh, but yes, good mem- good memory, and uh, <laughs> I I do, I do remember that. Yeah, I can't Bill. So, so listen, I hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving. And any well, any scoop on the before I let you go, any scoop on the city? No, I I think they're they're still uh, uh, doing uh, meetings as they did this this last week um, uh, about what I can't uh, I, I I can't really tell you because they just keep going. Yeah. But uh, I will tell you when we get into what into, into uh, 
2023, we'll have a lot to talk about. Absolutely. Bill Barnett, former mayor mayor of Naples, I genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show, and I hope you and Chris and your entire family have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And likewise for you and Linda and your family, Bob. We'll speak to you next Thursday. Look forward to it. Thank you, Bill. All right, well, I'd like to end the show with uh, this. I hope you'll tune in uh, Friday. We're going to visit tomorrow. We're going to visit with William Yateman. He's with the uh, Pacific Legal Foundation. We'll visit with Phil Kirpin. Phil is a, uh, a really interesting guy. We're talking about uh, American exceptionalism. Scott Baer is the CEO of the uh, Community Pregnancy Clinics. And uh, we'll also visit with, I uh, have Larry Reed here, but we're not going to visit with Larry. I don't know. That, that's a mistake. Oh, Larry Bell. Larry Bell, a professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. I want to leave you with this uh, Thanksgiving thought. This goes back, you may remember Perry Como if you're my age. If you're uh, perhaps younger, you may not know who Perry Como is, but he was a great singer and uh, very relaxed. And he, this, is, uh, this is his uh, prayer of Thanksgiving. I'm going to play that for you to end the show. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Ghost or wherever you are. Namaste. Happy Thanksgiving and Namaste.